All right. Welcome, everybody. This is What's Up For You, and it is March 14th, 2023. And um, that taking a few moments for ourselves frequently is really, really important right now. You know, just giving ourselves um, a bit of time to check in and literally just ask ourselves, you know, where are we? What's going on inside of us? what might be needed. Um, just a few deep breaths can make all the difference in the world. Um, there's such a huge reset going on right now, especially through this month of March. And as we kind of connect to it and choose from it, um, what you're going to notice is things will things can smooth out in all kinds of ways. We just have to not be afraid to really kind of intend or ask for what it is that we actually want to be asking for. Not what we think we're supposed to be asking for, <laughs> but what we actually want to be asking for. So um, anyway, so Sharon, I'm assuming that you have some questions and we can get started. All right, uh, this question came into two forms, so I'm gonna kind of combine them. The, fir the first part is she's, this um, mom is not sure if her daughter has autism, but the basis of her, and she's wondering about getting testing. And then the other one is, is it compounding the factor of anorexia that her daughter's experiencing? And specifically, what would she, the daughter need from the mom in general to recover from the anorexia? and wonder how best to support her and the mom's energy through all this. Okay, so I'll be honest that, that this is a little complex. So this is probably more of a private session than it is a, um, you know, a quick check-in, but I'll give you the best I can um, in the moment. So um, let's see here. So in this case, my guess is that both the perceived characteristics of autism and the anorexia are, they're both trauma responses. And so, and that trauma can come from this lifetime, it can come from other lifetimes, you know, it's not, it's not bound by just this reality, especially not right now. So I, your question about how to be of support to her, you know, I think the very first thing is, is just really creating a space where she feels comfortable enough talking to you about, about kind of the inner workings of that, you know, what does it actually feel like to her to, to have the experience of anorexia? If, if she perceives herself as autistic, what does it feel like for her to have that um, what is it like for her to have that experience and just learning, 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 learning more about what that is from the inside of her and also to whatever degree is possible, you know, anytime that there's a quote unquote condition, you might say that has manifested, you know, the person having that condition very often will blame their themselves for that condition. And it, this is not a blame shame game, you know, so to the degree that we can really kind of, you know, this is an experience that she is having. 
and we want to understand and appreciate those experiences for the gifts that they might try to they might be trying to bring to her. So um, I would start there. Um, I would start there, but they both feel like both of these experiences feel like a response to trauma. Yeah. All right, this question is, uh, I am feeling a higher level of overwhelm for at least two or three weeks. Do you have any thoughts, messages to soothe this part that feels so ruffled? I get distracted by overwhelm and it's very uncomfortable. Yeah, well, you're you're speaking to this energy of March and it's um, it's there and it's real and it's unseen, you might say. Um, but very much felt. It probably is gonna last um, for a bit longer now, you know? So these are the opportunities that we have to kind of go, okay, I'm overwhelmed, I'm challenged, I'm ruffled. And again, in that moment, just what we, we started this conversation with, closing our eyes, breathing into our body, what is it that we're choosing now so if we're overwhelmed and ruffled, we might be choosing calm. Yeah, we might be choosing a little bit of relief or relaxation. And we literally want to get to the place where we're microdosing ourselves with those experiences. So it's one thing to identify what the challenge is, but please don't stop there because we're we're moving into our creatorship and we want to be able to really prove to ourselves that we are moving into creatorship. So identifying what the challenge is, that's, that's only step one. The next step is what is it that we want to create and give ourselves that feeling, even if it's just for 20 seconds, you know, I'm going to close my eyes I'm gonna breathe into my body and I might breathe into my body until I'm feeling some semblance of calm if I'm overwhelmed. I'm kind of announcing to myself, I'm announcing to the creator within that I'm choosing calm. Yeah, I'm choosing that moving forward so that it's a bigger bullseye, you might say, so that it's just easier to connect to. Unfortunately, at this stage of the game, there's, there's kind of no, on the one hand, there's no magic wands because we're all such powerful creators that you don't want anybody taking that power away from you, especially not now, because as things amp up and as things shift and change, you want to know that you can rely on yourself to alter or shift something that is um, designed for you to alter or shift, yeah. Doesn't mean that somebody can't come in and give a little bit of uh, support and that kind of thing, but you really wanna get to the place where that next question really happens. This is what is, that's the tension point. What is it that I wanna create and microdose yourself with that? All right, this question is, is, how should we address the sleep challenges in our 11-year-old son? He takes time to fall asleep or some days wakes up very early. Yeah, um, well, 
the, the thing that he's saying to me or the, the thing he's sharing with me is that, again, our biorhythms are just that. They're kind of our biorhythms and different individuals have different cycles of sleep. They have different cycles of rest. They have different needs. Um, and so, so there's a couple different things that are showing up here to, to discuss. One is, can it be okay that he takes a little bit longer to fall asleep and he wakes up early? Can we give him at 11 years old some things that he can do in order to wind himself down? And also if his biorhythm is that he doesn't require maybe as much sleep as we do as adults, then maybe giving him or setting the stage for something for him to do in those waking hours where, yeah, he can, so that again, we're giving that responsibility in many ways back to him to wind himself down and then to spend some time on his own or with himself before he you know, wakes up the rest of the family. A lot of times what I hear when I say something like this is, yes, but he's used to coming into our room or yes, he's, you know, he does other things or he gets really loud. So again, let's, let's pay attention to his self-sufficiency. Let's pay attention. And if we're going to be waking up anyway, and giving him our energy, we might as well put that energy into, yeah, helping him find some degree of self-sufficiency so he backs off of that need to um, come to you. And, and again, it's not a magic wand. It does take probably at least a, a couple weeks of support and being with him during those times and showing him things he could do or creating some kind of space for him to do that in. But I promise that as he kind of knows what is desired or required, he's going to feel comfort in that as well. So ultimately, he is going to choose that, mm, that pattern that you're setting up for him. So this question is, uh, I do not have a strong relationship with my young niece who is always on her computer phone when I see her. Could you give me any insights into the energetics and how I could develop greater intimacy or offer this? My father had dementia when she was very young and she spent a fair amount of time around him. I wonder if this is related. Yes and no. As far as the relationship goes and her being on the phone, um, I think that's more right now, anyway, that's more the kind of societal norm. That's, that's a, it's an easy way you might say for the kids, um, today to really just tune everything out. They've also been, that's been demonstrated to them, depending on how old your niece is, you know, it's likely that, you know, her parents are, have also demonstrated that phones are important, <laughs> sometimes a little bit too important. 
um, my I'm laughing because I we just had this one in when I was in California, my my grandson, who's nine, um, his mom asked him to unlock the her car and you can unlock it through her phone. So she was going out to drop off laundry and then she was going to go to to get something out of the car he unlocked it i watched him drop it down on the drop her phone down on the um, stool in front of us and then all of a sudden it was absolute chaos because the phone was gone it, the phone was gone she was panicked you know she works from home she's you know a 30 something on her phone you know this kind of thing and it was chaos. She missed a meeting. She went on. It was it was a lot. <clears throat> and then all of a sudden, come to find out that Kai had hid the, the phone in the refrigerator. And he had had enough of his mom being on the phone. So he put it in the, in the fridge. And so she was right up to like buying a new phone and having to pay off the old one. And there was part of me that just kind of was like, I knew I couldn't smile or be too um, excited about that whole ordeal in the moment, but kind I took a walk to get some juice afterwards and we were walking back and I said, so what was that about? And he said, you know, he goes, I, I want to know that I'm important. I want to know that I'm important. And I said, well, do you know that? I mean, is that, is that true for you? And he said, he goes, yeah, he goes, I know that I'm important, he said, but sometimes I just want to remind my mom that I'm more important than the phone's important. And I said, okay, fair enough. So, you know, we're just having that conversation. So there, there's a little bit of this, that same kind of energy in this scenario. And what's really um, wonderful is a lot of times, kids have been so programmed, especially now, that that's what they should be doing, that they should be on their phones, that is their social context, that is their way of interacting. So any way in which you can show interest to her, even if she's not paying attention to you, even if you are showing interest to what she's doing on her phone initially, Simple things, I will tell you, I mean, really simple things like, I mean, Kai's thing right now is card games. We went and bought, you know, Go Fish, Uno, you know, anything that is kid friendly. And it, it was just amazing to me. I mean, he would play that game 20 times and the interaction and, you know, we put cards in Uno that said you have to hug your grandmother and another one that said you have to have Kai and you know they're just different plate pieces of the puzzle where you're just starting that engagement the other thing I'll say too is sometimes if some if a child is really deep into their phone you might have to create an energetic climate first where the two of you have the space to interact and again that's a creation that you can do so just, you know, even in her presence, closing your eyes for a second, she's preoccupied with something else, closing your eyes for a second 
And just imagining what it would be like to be having a conversation with her, to be laughing with her, to be enjoying her company, you know, making sure that we're not in judgment mode, you know, for the fact that she's not paying attention or not, quite frankly, it's just what she's been conditioned to. So let's, let's change the conditions. So really close our eyes, give ourselves some space to really imagine what it would be like to be having that conversation. And pretty soon you will be. Yeah. All right. This question is, my nearly 21-year-old son doesn't want to feel better. He tells me that he wants to stay in victim mode. Any advice of how I can deal with this, please? Um, I would just say to him that you appreciate that desire and you can allow him to do that. You just can't be there with him. Yep. It's like, I appreciate it. You know, it's like you're, um, yeah, I just, I just can't do it with you. And then really make sure that you're catching any aspect of victim mode, you know, yourself, because you're, you're shifting that, you're changing that, you're, you're choosing something else. And I'm not saying that he's in victim mode because you are, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that when, when he's choosing victim mode, he, again, this is partly societal norms right now too. It's like he's choosing it because it's the only thing he knows that he can choose. Yep, or it's the only thing that he thinks he can choose. So if a parent or if a significant other in his life begins to show him other options, and if he's not getting the, the validation or the attention, you might say, for being in victim mode, he's ultimately going to choose something else. Yeah. Yeah. You're allowed to do it, honey. You're in full control of your life and anything you want to create. I just can't go there with you. Life, too many, too many amazing things to do too many wonderful things to experience. You know, if you ever decide you want to, you know, move from that victim mode, let's, let's chat, let's talk, let's, let's interact. And in the meantime, I'm going over here. Yeah. 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 Direct into the point because if not, we just re-victimize. Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, as part of my new creation cycle, I am performing songs and playing guitar. I sometimes suffer nerves and hinder the quality of my performance. I don't, I don't do myself creative justice. Could you give any further insights in the energetics? Well, first, let's let's start at the let's start at the beginning. Let's start at the beginning. Let's start at the beginning. So. Oh my gosh, you're, you're playing music. Oh my gosh, nerves and all. You're doing it. You started it. Giving ourselves, especially when we're starting something new, it's like, just like if a kid was learning to walk, you know, we're like, I mean, one wobbly step and they fall on their butts. We're like, yay, that's amazing. You know, it's like, it's so wonderful. We just forget to do that for ourselves. Like, 
as adults, we feel like we're supposed to already be up there winning a Grammy and we're just at the place of starting to overcome our nerves and, and play. And so, so any sense of appreciation for, for the steps that you're taking because right there, right there, when you, when I even say appreciation for the small steps that you're taking, you automatically relax into things. Sometimes I think it's not that you're anxious necessarily about what other people will think. It's, it's almost like you're anxious. The little girl inside of you is anxious about what you'll think about your performance, what you, how you judge yourself. It's like, and so we just want to be kind to her. She's, she's a little nervous. She's a little scared. She's a little overwhelmed and okay. And then the adult you comes in and says, oh my gosh, you're doing such a great job. Oh my gosh. The fact that you even sat on the stool and, you know, sang or played your instrument or whatever it is, you know, it's like the, the very fact that you're up there. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that wonderful? And I know to our adult selves, it can sound ridiculous to speak to ourselves like that. But honestly, we need to. In every facet of our lives, we need to. Little baby steps. Little baby steps. Um, it's just nurturing that part of ourselves. What I'm hearing you say is it's nurturing that part of you that wants to nurture other others through your music, through your expression. So how can we nurture her? Yeah, bit by bit. Write it down. Write it down. It's like, imagine having the best parents on the planet and you're them. And they're telling you everything you wished somebody had told you somewhere along the line. And they're doing it in real time. Yeah. You're really going to like the results. Your whole body will start to relax. Yeah, cool. Thank you. All right. Uh, I feel there is a wealth of creative information that I just can't quite tap. It is like electricity flowing that I somehow block. I'm using body practices like dance and voice to help this flow. Can you give me any insight of to what to do? Well, let's, let's shift something perceptually here because this whole world, word block, you know, we use it all the time. I'm blocked. I'm, I'm not, you know, and to me, when I hear that I'm blocked, it's like there's something bigger than me that's not able to, that's not allowing me to go where I want to go. And I don't think that that's necessarily true. Um, Yes, there could be all kinds of reasons that we're in pause or we're not moving the way we the mental mind might want us to move. But let's let's first kind of remove that energy of block and let's also remove that energy of any thought that that perceived block might be bigger, more powerful than what our intention is, what, what we're wanting to create. So you can play it a million different ways, but 
let, let's pretend that for right now anyway, that, that, that there is something that we're calling a block. And what does it look like? You know, what does it feel like? What is its texture? What does it, what does it know? How does it feel being perceived as a block? How would it feel if it was perceived as something else? Let's just ask all kinds of different questions and see what kind of shakes loose when we start asking those different questions. And as it starts shaking loose, let's, again, what would it feel like to be beyond that perceived block. So on the other side of that block is that electricity just streaming through your body and you being you know, alive in your creations and you recognizing that you were always in control of that perceived block. And what does that feel like? You know, just jumping over it in some ways, being on the other side of it and really asking yourself questions there. As you're playing in that, asking yourself questions there, what you're gonna notice is you're already halfway through a creation cycle. And it's like, oh my gosh, where'd the block go? Where'd that go? So please, please, let's be as kind and as patient with ourselves as possible. You and everyone else on this planet has been conditioned to limitations, period. I mean, there's, there's not a person sitting here, quite frankly, in any other group, in any other space that hasn't been conditioned to limitations. So the conditioning is, you might say, a given. What we do with that conditioning is what sets us apart in some ways in our own lives and in the lives of others. So we just don't want to stop in the block. We don't want to stop in the problem because if we do, we're just in problem-solving mode and there's just so much more available right now. So what's the creation cycle that we can step into? And please recognize too, that there are some places where I'm watching a scenario in my own life right now, where I'm like, I'm in problem solving mode. I'm in problem solving mode. It's like I, and so there are some scenarios where we'll step right out of problem solving mode and we'll go into creation mode. And that's great. There are other things that we, where we're holding on to a particular identity and to step into creation mode doesn't really go with that old identity. It doesn't go with the old limitations or the victim. And so that one can take a little bit longer to release, but much more likely that it will be released and that it can be released if we start really maybe praising ourselves appreciating ourselves for those places where we are taking that creative license and stepping into something new because that that creative energy is going to trickle all the way down to those things that are 
perceived to be the most challenging to release. So, all right, I hope that's helpful. All right, this question is, for the entire month of February, I struggled with upper rep respiratory bugs. Coming into March, I started to get better. Now I feel it started again. How can you help me understand emotionally, energetically where this is coming from and how to gain my balance? Well, let's, let's do this a little differently. Um, let's, again, let's shift a perception here. So, and granted, not necessarily an easy one to shift, but let, let's, let's play with this in this way. We've been told for the last three years that viruses are bad, viruses will kill you, viruses are you know, it, it's been pretty scary. <laughs> you know, it's like the imprinting has been pretty unnerving. And whatever one believes about that or doesn't believe about that, let's just kind of collectively acknowledge that that's created a fair amount of fear and anxiety and stress for most people. And so that's kind of floating around in the in the collective energy. And then we, we get something, we get respiratory stuff, we link that to something else consciously or unconsciously. We move through that, we shift through that, everything changes, and then we, it, it comes back again. And that same loop of that old collective identity starts coming back and we kind of play that scenario. And whether we play it out as what was a perceived reality over the last three years or whether we play it out as simply a cold or respiratory information, it's all gonna be interwoven and linked together because it, that was such a collective experience, expression, right? You, you almost can't think about respiratory stuff and not think about COVID. You can't think about respite, you know, it's like, even if you don't want to, <laughs> you know, it's, it's and, and what I want to say here is that what if that viral component is something that shifts us vibrationally? Corona means crown, right? So crown, crown let's say crown chakra, crown connection, viral component, you know, that something that is sh literally shifting our biology and whether it's a perceived virus or whether it's a quote unquote real, it's, it doesn't matter in the, in the workings of our biology, what you believe, what you perceive and what plays out are really the same thing, especially when it comes to the mental body, especially when it comes to that crown, especially when it comes to that third eye, right? So what if that viral component is, is amping us up? What if that viral component is creating a, a different state of consciousness within us? I've been 
thinking about this and considering this and watching it collectively and individually in a lot of different people over the last few years. And literally yesterday when I was driving home from California, um, a friend of mine had sent me something from uh, Zach Bush, Dr. Zach Bush, and basically said the exact same thing. It's he, he did a, um, he was doing an interview with this guy who was just brilliant. And he was just talking about these same things. I was just grinning all the way home. So again, we're hitting on something else that I really want to, I really think is important in March, especially, and as we move forward, if you haven't already been, been questioning your reality, please do. If you haven't already been questioning your perception of reality, question it. I mean, honestly, it's Byron Katie's old question, you know, is that true? Is, is that true? You know, it's like, and I mean, we only have to ask that question a few times for that energy to just start unraveling. And it's really, really important right now, because if you think that, <laughs> let, let me say it this way, much of what you've been perceiving as reality is not true. M much of it, most of it. And for a lot of people that goes, oh, it's like, I like my reality be to be solid. I like my reality be what I think it is and what I know it to be. Let's just open, 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 open the field, open our minds, open our hearts, open our third eyes, open our crowns open our connection to the planet, open, 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 because there's so much else there and we don't get to see it unless we start questioning the reality that we've been perceiving up to this point. Yeah. I would say a good, I mean, if we thought about it this way, let's say 85, 90%, what you perceive to be true isn't. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what, even that thought, whether that's an accurate number or not, even that thought, like, wait, what? We just wanna loosen up the mental state, the state of the heart, even the state of the body, yeah. Even, well, let's throw a little wrench into things just to spice this up just a little bit. So we were just talking about respiratory conditions. What was said was I had an upper respiratory con condition through February, it started to fade and then, and then it came back. What if, what if that's not true? right? <laughs> what if your body was processing a collective energetic experience? What if you, as an individual, were simply processing a collective experience? And what if when you, as an individual, decide that you're not going to process that anymore, that 
changes because you're sovereign in and of yourself. I mean, we really, these collective experiences that run through our bodies are um, just that. They're not our experiences. Yeah. Yeah, I'll give you an example when my, I may have said this here before, but when my third daughter, um, she got diagnosed with cancer when she was 13. And so we spent a year, you know, chemotherapy and all that fun stuff. And afterwards we were in, I was taking her to an acupuncturist friend of mine who I just love and adore. And um, I wish she was still practicing. And she, we would go to the acupuncturist together. He'd, she'd go in one room, I'd go in another room. And the acupuncturist would say to me, Susie, you know, uh, Maria's not really interested in, you know, having these needles done in this way. She'd really rather lay on the mat, just relax. Um, how do you feel about us needling you so that we can get to some of the stuff that's happening for her? Yep. Awesome. Needle me. And she'd come out of there. She'd go, oh, my God, Mom, I feel so much better. That mat was amazing. It was like, I was so glad. And But when we realized that, especially between parent and child, but when we realized that, that our bodies are a reference point for other scenarios and situations, we can start to um, support our bodies on behalf of the collective. Yeah, I went to that same acupuncturist once and he said, because this is the weirdest thing. He goes, we've been, we were working on liver and kidneys and all kinds of other stuff that was felt more um, attuned to what I was going through at the time. And then all of a sudden he said, he goes, your clavicle is completely out of whack. He said, you know, it's like that whole area. He said, he said, it's, if I didn't know better, I would say that the energetic response is that it's broken. He said, did you break your clavicle? And I said, no, but my ex-husband did yesterday. Yeah. So go, go ahead and needle it for him too. You know, it's like, that's awesome. You know, it's, but again, and it, what it does too, is it reconditions us to believe and to know and to realize, to see with real eyes that when you are doing something for you, for your body, when you're going and supporting yourself, when you're loving yourself, that has an impact within the collective because every person's body is a collective conglomeration of signals. And it just happens that you might have a capacity to, you know, work something through the body that somebody else somewhere else doesn't have the capacity to do. So please don't think that when you're taking time for yourself, you know, when you're relaxing in the bath, when you're having the massage, when you're doing whatever it is that you do for yourself in order to reorient the dynamics of your physical body, please don't think that that's just impacting you. It's not. And, and it, 
And you're going to notice that more and more as we move forward, which is really awesome. Yeah. All right. Something else? Yeah. And I think this question ties into what you were just saying. So first of all, she said, thank you for the question of overwhelm. It really helped her. Um, Let's see. So thanks. Uh, I am experiencing heightened awareness of my old stagnant stagnant habitual pattern projections on other others, particularly my children, also to my business colleagues. I realize this is creating my relationship with myself and others. What is so interesting was that my 21-year-old daughter shared with me that it's very difficult for her to move beyond others' projections onto her. She shared that she feels that her father and I and her brother see her as an angry, sad person, and it makes it difficult for her not to be that. It was absolutely amazing when she shared it out loud. It was very beautiful, and it opened me up more consciously both to just being allowance and presence, but also to focus my attention to a new creation relationship with her and seeing this amazing, brilliant and loving star as she is. Mm-hmm. It's, I, yeah, I mean, how amazing, honestly, you know, good on her to be able to just say that so directly. It's like, you know, and it's what the kids have been saying really for years, this whole idea that, that we are all vibrational beings. The fact is, is that none of us do really well when somebody is projecting a bunch of negativity at us. It's like there's that in and of itself creates all kinds of challenge. You know, um, we used to do a, when I taught Head Start teachers, we would have Head Start teacher come out in front of the group and we would have, we would literally, I would hold up a sign and one of the signs said, I hate you. Other, the other sign said, I love you. The person who was standing next to me, I would muscle test, just put your arm out, you know, make sure it's nice and strong. Then I would show the audience a piece of paper and I would say, don't say anything. Don't say a thing, just think it. Just think it, whatever, you know, I didn't even know. I would just like, yep, okay, this one, this one. So I'd hold up, I hate you. And they would just be projecting that energy. Her arm would drop. Like you would, the the body's response is like, oh, I can't do it, right? The biofield feels that energy. And, And if you, we know this, you know, especially in that, in that Head Start community where we really got to see this over time, you project that, you project that, you project that, you project that over time. And all of a sudden, that little kid that you're projecting that onto walks in the room like this. You know, they're humped over, they're sad, they're overwhelmed, they're right. And so she's, your daughter's dead, dead on as far as that yes, our human biofield picks up information and energy all over the place. A lot of the kids of today are very porous energetically. They, a lot of the kids, like you say, are more, um, they might be more collected, connected up in the head area than they are like down on the earth area, just or down in the earth arena because 
you know, just because of how humanity is now, you know, we're on our computers, you know, generations before might've been with the earth or out walking or those kinds of things. So, and we don't have to blame that. It's just, it's just a different time. So, but what we do want to be aware of is that every single one of us is energy first. We are energy first. And the cool thing about knowing that is if you know that you're energy first, then you can start creating an energetic template that you're, start, you're going to project out to others. We've been talking about this a lot in the mentorship program, talking a lot about it in private sessions lately as well. It's like, so when the, when the kids say, I can't, I'm having a hard time feeling or acting out anything other than these things, because this is the energetic template, it really does behoove us to kind of go back in for a second and kind of go, okay, not only for myself, but other, also for others, what is it that I want to create? When we turn back in like that, sometimes, I mean, I, uh, I grew up in a family that was, had a lot of, uh, a lot of judgment and I catch myself in it all the time. And so, and so I can, just say that to myself, okay, I grew up with a lot of judgment, a lot of that got projected in, right? And if I just stay there, then I stay in the victimization of that projected energy. Whereas if I say, yep, that's true, that did happen. And what I would like to create now is I would like to, I would like to see the best in people, I would like to see the best in myself. I'd like to value the pieces of others that I know are contributing to their lives and are contributing to my life, quite frankly, will contribute to other people's lives. You see what I'm saying is like, as the creators that we are, we're resetting that energy. And as we reset that energy, it absolutely does not matter what came before. It doesn't matter who imprinted what before because you're taking on that creator role now and you're saying, no, this is what I'll imprint. This is what I'll choose. And just watch, she'll begin to feel it. And she's like, what happened to you? You know, what happened to my environment? What happened to, right? All of a sudden that starts to change. And also please understand it doesn't change overnight. So don't beat yourself up when you've tried it for, four or five days and it's, and she's not coming back saying, oh my gosh, I can feel the change. But if you'll just use the opportunity, use the tension point. So that tension point of when any of us feel like we're in judgment of another, um, sometimes it's awareness. Sometimes that's the awareness of backup because that person's not good for you. Um, there is that, but let's start with just, okay, this is the tension point. This is what I'm feeling. And for yourself, I don't really like feeling that in my body. I really don't like that sensation of making someone wrong or bad or less than. 
I really don't like the sensation of making myself feel wrong or bad or less than. What is it that I really want to feel? What I really want to feel is confident and supported and give that to you. As you give it to you, she can't help but feel it from you. In the mentorship, we've been talking a lot about we teach our kids how to read and write and ride a bike and do all these, you know, very physical things. But the kids of today, they're all vibrationally sensitive. They're all vibrationally aware to one degree or another. So what it's asking us to do now is we need to teach from vibration. So if our vibration is self-judging, the only thing that we can really teach is self-judging. And so this is where we're like, we are vibrational beings first and foremost. And as we navigate that vibration, as we choose what vibration we're imprinting, as we cut ourselves some slack and go easy on ourselves, when we're in an old mode of vibration or information, that starts to shift out that whole field. And that's why this whole thing, closing your eyes, check in. Where am I in this moment? Is this where I want to be in this moment? Nope, not really where I want to be in this moment. What does that remind me of? Oh, yeah, I heard that the whole time I was a child. Or I, I heard that over and over again in this scenario or another. Great. Is that what I want to is that what I want to imprint vibrationally? Nope. This is what I choose. And you just microdose yourself with that. The cool thing about this is vibration is so much easier to change than physical reality. <laughs> so change it at the vibrational level and the physical reality will change instead of trying to push the physical reality into what we would like it to be. Yep. Yeah. Cool. All right. It says, how should I prevent myself from not getting affected by the negative draining energies of some of my friends? Even after offering kindness and compassion, sometimes energy still affects me. I am unable to stay detached and offered help. How should I learn to stay neutral in such situations? Yeah, this this is this is a very timely question for right now because. I'm going to, as simply as possible, choose you, Cho choose you. So what feels good for you to feel? And if it doesn't feel good for you to feel negativity or their experience, I would spend less time. Yeah. In their presence. And I'm not saying that as a I'm not saying that as a negative towards them you are more likely to help shift their perception by choosing you because again let's think about this vibrationally if we're in a group of people even 
people we know, people we don't know, we're used to those individuals. Uh, we have some kind of bond with those individuals. A lot of times we have a bond based on uh, an imprint that we have. And then maybe all of a sudden you start to grow out of that imprint. And maybe they don't grow out of that imprint quite as quickly, yep. So if you step back, if you actually say, we're having this conversation quite a bit lately. And it, and I, my energy drops every time we have it. I, I would, if, as much as you can speak to what you're noticing, number one, that brings awareness. So that brings choice. Number two, if, if that's just a pattern within this group that is just perpetuates itself, plays off itself, then step back and start really creating a different kind of environment for yourself and then step into that friend group. Then step back in and see if the vibration that you are now is you know, strong enough, you might say, solidified enough to offer a new option. And so stepping in, stepping out, it's a really good way to kind of figure out, yeah, is, is, it, worth your, is it worth your energy? And so two things, what is it that you wanna create? And as you're in that space, making sure that you are choosing you, you're creating it for you. And sometimes you're gonna to have to step away from them in order to really create that space. Because quite honestly, you know, if, if there are, let's say five people in a room, you know, the, the energy that holds the dominant vibration, the, the strongest vibration, it can be one person, <clears throat> will up-level everybody else. But if you have five people in the room and all five people are in this energy of, um, you know, heaviness, blame, shame, guilt, whatever those things are, what'll, now you've got that whole collective that's feeding the individuals that information. So somebody has to step out of that and create something beyond it. Yeah, but if you step back into it solid, the likelihood that everything changes and up levels is huge. Yeah, yeah, okay. All right, so we're done for the day, Sharon, you good? I have two more questions. Um, okay. um let's let's try to yeah let's just try to do them quickly i rambled a bit today so okay but important important rambling because we got to reset this yeah reset this vibrationally yeah all right this one says uh anaphylactic response please my son had a reaction on the weekend that we thought might have been due to exposure to a dog but later i got a hit that it could have been related to vr experiences he had at a birthday party the next day his twin brother experienced trouble with his throat 
choking soreness. I feel that he takes on other elements to relieve them of their pain, but then he has to transmute it. Right. So let's just speak to the, again, to the transmutation part of this, because energy can come from everywhere and anywhere, right? And a lot of times we only know that there's a, um, there's something to address, there's something to recreate because we have some kind of problem, right? Some, hi, Tito, some kind of problem with it. Um, so let's stay in that creative cycle. I, I, everything that you received as far as information about maybe it was coming from this experience or that experience, really wonderful. And let's take it one step forward. What is it that we would like to create? And it might be based on what you said that what we would really like to create is a very solid energy field, a very um, maybe what it is that wants to be created is a structure, an energetic structure so that he, they, us, any of us aren't taking on every single piece of information that's floating around out there, right? Yeah, so, yeah, so maybe we start there in our creation cycle. What vibrationally we want to have, be able to have all kinds of experiences just for the, human sake of having experience how amazing is that there's all kinds of cool things to play with here on planet earth and just because we want to play in it doesn't mean we necessarily want to take it on and have to transmute it through our bodies right so what kind of space do we want to vibrationally create for ourselves and um yeah that's where i would play with that one Okay, this one's a little bit long. Do you? Okay, go ahead. Let's, yeah, let's get finish them up so we've got everybody's question. Okay. Uh, my almost 19 year old son is saying he wants to stop his schooling and graduate high school. I'm in the process of trying to figure out the next best steps in helping him create the life you'd like to create, which he shared is one of independence where he has a family, his own home, etc. He doesn't seem to be aware of the skills necessary to be independent, although we've tried to explain this to him. He also recently found an information packet for the government office with people with dis developmental disabilities and was of course offended by the developmentally dis disabled naming of the organization that is chartered to provide financial assistance to folks on the autistic spectrum. Any input on how to straddle the balance between providing him all available opportunities available with his resistance to both advancing his skills, social, academic, learning, and processing through the government financial support system. So again, let's go back to vibration. Everything your son has absorbed about himself from this collective humanity has been through those models, right? It's like, let's, he has absorbed other people's information 
about what he is capable of and what he's not capable of. From the first time he had a diagnosis to the first time somebody looked at him like he was, you know, not doing things the way everybody else does it. He has just been absorbing, 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 absorbing the vibrational information of those around him. And that vibrational information has been telling him what he can and cannot do or what he should be able to do and should not be able to do. And so over time, as parents and as teachers and professionals, you know, no fault of our own, but in our own conditioning, we also kind of begin to kind of go, yeah, he doesn't have the skill set to do these things. And yet, and yet, and yet, there is something bigger within him <laughs> that's, that's Yeah. And yet there's something bigger within him, within his own soul, within his own spirit that says, this is what I intend for me. This is my intention for me. First and foremost, with this kid, let's acknowledge that whatever he has been absorbing, there is something stronger in him still. There's something bigger in him still. There's something that knows himself beyond what everybody else projects onto him. And that something is the thing that's saying, I want my own family. I want to be able to live on my own. I want to be able to do these other things. Let's value that. Let's add energy to that. Oh my God, honey, I am so excited that you know what you want for you. I, I'm so, I, we will help you get to that place, to that point in whatever way we can. And the very first thing that we might need to acknowledge is that these, maybe these government organizations, maybe these, um, these ways in which you've been looked at or perceived as disordered or delayed or dysfunctional or dis something might be simply you mm, reorganizing yourself or it might simply be you being somewhere else so that you can be organized yeah and so let's just let's just start Maybe it's, it's you holding on to that part of yourself that knows that what you want for you and what others perceive that you might be able to or not be able to do or something completely different. Let's create a vibrational space where you can hold that, where we can help you hold that. And then let's see what happens. Yeah, and then let's see what's possible. hugely different he's I mean yeah he that part of him knows that part of so many of these kids knows they know what they're capable of they know that in the right energetic vibrational environment that things can shift and change yeah All right, Ooh. step off my soapbox very carefully. 
so I don't slip. All right. Thank you, everybody. I really appreciate you being here. I appreciate the questions and we'll see you next time. All right. Let's love everybody. Bye.